Live. That's faith and hope. Is that all? No, because I gave them an instruction. Just as the doctor said. Use the countdown. I told them that if everyone thinks of one word at one specific time, nothing will happen. Is that your weapon? Prayer. Right across the world, one word, just one thought, at one moment, but with 15 satellites. The Archangel Network. Live from the first church of violence against women is obviously going to get you killed, you idiot. It's Doctor Who Podshock. Gallifrey presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 87, The Last of the Time Lords. And let's just get this out of the way. This is, um, we'll have spoilers included in it, so if you have not seen this series finale, Last of the Time Lords, of um, the season finale of the 2007 or series 3, please uh, be sure to put this aside and listen to it later because we don't want to give anything away. Also, speaking of which, in the U.S., if you're listening in the U.S., you'll be pleased to know that the Sci-Fi Channel will be starting to show, will be uh, starting with the Runaway Bride, and then immediately following will be starting the 2007 or Series Three with Smith and Jones on July 6th, I believe. Yes. Friday, 8 p.m. Um, yes, I haven't flipped my calendar over yet, so I was a little. <laughs> It's July 1st, everyone. Where's this year going? It's Half of it's already behind us. Wow. And the well, whole series... in front of us, Lewis. Uh, thank you for being ever the optimist. And the whole uh, 2007 series is now behind us. Well, for many of us, for many of um, others, it's still, they still have yet to see it, and that's where the Sci-Fi Channel comes in and other various networks, um, CBC um, and, and whatnot. Just to add to that, that morning they're having uh, a reprise of i guess the majority of the uh, second series in their uh a marathon, marathon. Mm. Yeah, yeah they, they they seem to do that so it's a good way a good chance to too. catch up what was that Ken? i'm sorry I was they did that last year too leading up yeah. to series 2 which is is brilliant because if you know if you want to do a little catch up or just get you in the mood i mean i it's or if you're somebody that's seeing the series for the first time Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, um, so, anyway, so people will have a chance to see it, which is great. And you know what's really great is that this is right on the heels of the BBC finishing its transmission, so there's not a long wait. Um, you know, I mean, it, granted, it would have been better if it was more simultaneously, but, you know, this is this is the best you can hope for, I would imagine. So um, cheers to the BBC and the, and, and the Sci-Fi Channel for um, getting on board with this. And I, Mike, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. 
Okay, and um, I, I, I'm going to introduce everyone in a second. Just, Mike, just if you could chime in on the CBC, where, where are they at with their programming right now? Yeah, we're, uh, we started a couple weeks ago. Uh, we've had uh, Runaway Bride, uh, Smith & Jones, and uh, Shakespeare Code. Uh, there's a week off because uh, of a broadcast of an under-20 World Cup game uh, from Edmonton. Uh, so next, next week, July 9th, uh, we'll have Gridlock, which I think is just a going to be just before it comes in the, on Sci-Fi Channel, because I think they're getting two episodes the first week, so Canada and the U.S. will just be a, a few days apart, I'm thinking. Wow. Cool. All right, so uh, let me introduce everyone. Um, get, let me just get myself out of the way. This is Louis Trapani, and with me, we have our two co-hosts with us on board at the same time, which has been a rarity these days, so I'm delighted to introduce Mr. Ken Deep. Hello. Hey, Ken. And James Norton. Hello. Hey, James. Good to have you back. Good to be back. Live on the show. Good to be back. Everyone's been missing you. James, are you back in the UK yet? No, no. I will be back uh, next week briefly for a week, then off to Germany, then back in the Netherlands till the end of August, and then back in the UK. James is having black shirts made up with all his tour stops in the back of it, so you can follow his journey. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should make a travel thing online or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> travel blog. Yeah. <laughs> also on board with us are our regular faithful contributors, and going down the list, um, we have Mike Dorin um, from uh, the Great White North, Canada. Hey, Mike. Hey, Louis. Happy Canada Day. It's uh, Canada's it birthday Canada today. Day? It's Canada Day, 140 years. Uh, I did not so, even uh, know that. Well, we keep it quiet, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> they it, it don't want to upset the people just south of the border. <laughs> <laughs> so while you guys are all celebrating, you know, everything that you, uh, everything settled down here, so never mind. So it's, no, that's great. Happy Good Canada to be back Day. after a couple weeks away. Glad to have you back. We missed you. A lot, of, lot, of, lot of soccer on this, these days. <laughs> ah, football for the non-Americans out there. Okay, so Taras, Natitian, hello, Taras. Good day, all. Good day to you. Good day. And good to have you back. And uh, you know what? I Doth was a, uh, um, I forgot to mention Doth. Skeptical is here. Hey guys, how you doing? Good, good to have yeah. you. And um, I think that's uh, that's our merry gang right now. We've got tons of callers. We have people already in the queue. If you'd like to get yourself in the queue on the TalkCast client, you just um, enter the queue. There's a button in the upper right corner, and that's how we know you you know, you know want to talk. So uh, get yourselves in there, and we'll get to everyone. Uh, many of our regular callers are calling in. It's good to see everyone back on board. And this is the last of the Time Lords, but it's not the last of the live shows. We're going to continue the live shows in um, one form or another, and um, maybe we'll put a poll on our site as far as... Um, well, I already did a, quest, a request out for topics for future episodes. Um, leading up, we, um, we're we going to do a whole series review, and uh, Ken and I were talking about perhaps putting that off, not for, you know, not doing it next week, but the following week, so everyone sort of has a, a chance to catch up with everything. Um, if if some are falling behind 
And maybe next week we can, um, even though I know many of you have not seen it yet, there's a Doctor Who story that was televised that we really hardly spoke about, which was the Infinite Quest, which is a the Doctor Who animated uh, adventure. They came out with, um, it was a series of short animated shorts, if you will, but now they've pieced them together to a long 42-minute um, or 43-minute um, adventure, which equals to a, a typical Doctor Who story. So we could talk about that and do a little uh, free-reign conversation maybe next week. And then the following week, we can follow it up with a whole series review. And this will give us time to kind of digest everything, go back and review some episodes if desired, and um, and then we can chew it out in uh, two weeks from now. Well, the, the, How does that entire, sound? the entire series review will give us a chance to to explore the entire arc of what we saw over this the last few months. You know, each story we've reviewed individually uh, based on its on its individual merits, its own merits. But the season as a whole needs to be take a step back and envision the entire season. And 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 in retrospect, certain stories may actually become more important or more significant perhaps some have become a little less significant uh when you when viewed on, on the whole of the season so that'll two weeks from now that'll give us a chance to to explore that a little bit and also last week on the show uh we ran a bit long we had a ton of callers because it was leading up to this series finale and i imagine that today is no different with so many people wanting to chime in and so much excitement about the series three finale that I'm just going to ask everybody to keep their, their calls very tight and very fast-paced and so we can get as many calls in as we can today. Good job. Okay, so let's get a move on. Uh, we're going to review The Last of the Time Lords, the season finale of, of this year, uh, which comes off right on the heels of last week's, which was The Sound of Drums. Everything was leading up to this. Um, the As just... Um, as I had mentioned last week, the, the, I, I felt the pacing was intense and um, it was it was building up the excitement and it led into the opening here and all of a sudden we're one year later. <laughs> and I felt like, wait a minute, this is the series finale of, of season two of Battlestar Galactica. Welcome to Doctor Who. <laughs> And um, I, I don't know, I was, uh, wasn't expecting that, to be honest. And... Uh, but so be it. And that's not the only time I had like flashbacks to other genre um, stories, if you will. I it can't, you know, come to the end of this episode. I was having flashbacks to Return of the Jedi uh, with the whole funeral pyre. Not that you know Jedi has exclusive rights to that pyres have been going on uh, long before Return of the Jedi ever came out, but it did have an echo effect to that. And um, in the middle of the episode, when um, Somehow, some magic came into play, and and the doctor came back to his regular self. I felt like I was watching Harry Potter, and then at the very end, it was Flash Gordon, the 1980s version, with the ring being picked up and <laughs> with laughter. It, it, it just I I don't know if any of this was intentional, or was it coincidental, or if these were nods. I don't know, but it's just um, I I don't think I've ever felt. This is so many different like flashbacks to other genre things in one episode of Doctor Who before. But um, 
I have to say my feelings uh, on this story was um, a little disappointing, I have to say. After, I mean, I really enjoyed last week's episode, and I know others didn't enjoy it as much as I did. And I'm sure others have enjoyed this episode, um, um, I almost said Trial of the Time Lord, uh, Last of the Time Lord, um, Last of the Time Lords more so than I did. I, I would say I was really enjoying it, um, not as much as I, I thought. The pacing was all of a sudden. It's like felt like all of a sudden we came to a um, a dead stop. You know, it's like a screeching halt with the pacing from last week down to like one year later, and it's a whole new um, story, if you will. It's it's not so much a part two as it is a continuation, but almost an episode onto itself. That's how I felt, and then. Um, but what really kind of um, put the um, I, I, I was I'll just say it right now I was pretty much going to give this a four out of five until we got to the whole resurrection, if you will, of of the Doctor, where you know after he was aged and um, turned into a little Yoda or Gollum. <laughs> I, again, references to other genre stuff, but put that that aside. Um, I just didn't buy it. The whole power of word and prayer and magic and all of a sudden he, he gets young again and his clothes regenerate with him and the cage that he's in magically melts away and all because everyone's thinking doctor through the, I, it's, I'm sorry I didn't buy it. It's a little bit, um, it's a little bit rubbish to me. It's, um, it probably would have worked a little better had the TARDIS somehow been involved in that or, or there was some other device. Yeah, you know, I know they kind of alluded to the the whole the um, the uh, satellites and the the angels, the, the what you call it? What was the name of the the, the sky archangel network? Yeah, the archangel network. They kind of alluded to that, but you know, it just wasn't really developed. It it, it seemed like a um, a mashup of ideas that never actually got finalized. It yeah, like yeah. There's no a whole lot of great ideas together, and actually never thought the rest of them through. It, it seemed like mm. they, you know, painted themselves into the corner, and then now they just have to somehow get Hit out the of reset it. Reset button. And and after yeah. doing the the finale, it seems like the last three episodes weren't a three parter. It seems like just three mashups of exactly of ideas. Yeah, they they just they they seem to be little entities on themselves that are connected and yeah, it didn't flow, much, did it? No, I didn't think so. I, I, I mean, I, I was hoping that this would have a more of a connection to the last week's episode, but it, it just continues the story a year later. I mean, um, there, there are, I mean, there, there are lots of pros, you know, to this episode. This is not a bad episode by any means. It's just disappointing to what I was expecting. And yeah, it, um, it built the expectations up so high, and of course there was there was all this hype as well. Certainly. Uh, from speaking to my mates in the UK, and it was, I think it was a little bit disappointing, but I think that's just because the bar was so high, you know, the bar is always yeah. high in Doctor Who, but for this particular episode, because I tend to agree with you, Lewis, um, the, the, the previous episode, The Sound of Drums, for me, was superb, and um, I have a mate here in the Netherlands who's, uh, who's working alongside me, and, and he came over to to watch it, and he usually hates Doctor Who, and he said that it was probably the best episode that he'd ever seen, The Sound of Drums. 
Uh, I think they so. did a splendid job with it, and I really do. And here, I don't know what happened. I mean, some of the, uh, of course, uh, Murray Gold's music is consistent throughout the two episodes. So props yeah. to Murray Gold. Um, the, um, the I, I thought the direction was consistent, though. Some of the cinematography I thought was better last week than than this week's. Um, not that it was bad this week; it just was not as um, creative or taking chances as they did last week. Uh, Martha Jones' uh, character, Freema Adjaman, excellent. John Sim, John Sim as the master, excellent. Uh, the Mill did a fantastic job. Uh, I thought Martha's family pulled through this episode very well. And the the whole farewell dialogue at the end, the yeah, Martha's that character, was, that was all great stuff, you know. And, you know, so I, I don't mean to paint a really bad picture. I, I think it has this episode has a lot going for it. It just... At the same time, there were other things that were annoying at me that really put a damper yeah. on it, especially the whole magic word thing. Yeah, you know, that this was, goes that back to Shakespeare yeah. code, whatever. I just don't buy it, and it just kind of destroyed it for me, this whole you know, resurrection of the do- of the, do- <laughs> <of> the doctor, <laughs> Alex. Yeah, resurrection's the right word, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I just wasn't buying it, and I, it, it kind of really it, it took a whole groan away from the story as far as my rating goes. Um, yeah, and what they did with the master, and again, um, well, I, I already gave the spoiler warning, so I'm not going to rehash it. But um, I, I just I think Johnson did a fantastic job as the master, and I really would love to see him return as the master. But the way they've set things up now, I don't know if that's going to be possible at least not with John Sim playing it, or I don't know, but it just, it, it seems to be a, a waste, you know, to, um, you know, unless John Sim really didn't want to play the character again, it just seems a waste not to utilize John Sim again. And, um, you know, it, and it, and I just didn't buy the master would, would choose to die. I mean, I, I, I don't buy that. I just don't. Well, I buy that character. in that that's the only way that he could, Win against the doctor. Yeah, yeah but I yeah. think he's, he's too. He's like Boltar in 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 Battlestar Galactica. He's too, he's too egocentric to kill to to to. I mean, unless well, okay, we all know he's going to come back, and somehow he's he's in the ring, and, and this is all set up. So maybe he knows he's not really going to die. I don't know. Um, it's all speculation now. The, the not to get well, too heavy in speculation. That's the setup of the sound of drums. Is the sound of drums is driving him insane, and the only way he can snuff it out is by by offing himself, but I agree with you that it's usually a character who's that evil and that egocentric, um, it's, about, it's all about themselves, and, 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 and prematurely dying is usually done for someone else. Uh, it not, it's not usually done for your own, for your own sake. You know, there's, there's a lot of ego involved with the Master, and he just, I don't think he would off himself, and I think he knew all along he had a he had an escape plan, and hence the character of his wife mm-hmm. and, and yeah. her whole scenario. I mean, the minute the minute that the doctor announced what the fate of the master was going to be, she pulled the gun and shot him. I mean, almost programmed that way um, to get him out of that that whole situation. And really, you know, in in some ways, from the character of the doctor, I I, I get a little disappointment from the doctor that. Um, uh, you know, the doctor is pining over the death of the master when his entire history is, this guy's going to return. Like, you'd think he'd be like, well, you know, I'm not buying it. Yeah. 
I've seen this movie before. I know how it ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're going to come back, and then you're going to say, I'm indestructible. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I gave my, my pretty much my, my piece here. Uh, Ken, what, what was your take on it, since you're talking now? And... I, I agree with you that it was a disappointment, but I, I also believe that it would be very difficult to live up to the expectations that all of us had going into this episode. But well, I just wish they had followed through what they did last week. If they just kept the pacing, and, and I don't know, it just, it just seemed... I, but that I, being said... Go ahead, was, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, there was a lot of technical letdowns, and I, and I think I said it before by saying it was a mashup of ideas, and I, I don't like one-off lines just to get things out of the way, like the, you know, Captain Jack saying, you know, they called me the face of Bo. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I thought that was a Come on, we've rubbish. spent three seasons to get to one line? Yeah. And I, and I don't believe I just I, I, I don't buy that either. I, I would I would have <laughs> I would have liked it better if he would have winked at the doctor or goofed with him a little and made it a situation where do you believe him, don't you believe him, but he just runs off and um I, I don't know. I also it's sad for me to admit that the tabloids were right and that Freema Adjaman is leaving the show. Uh but I'm not yeah. gonna fully I'm not going to fully back down to my beating up of tabloids in that she did not leave because the character of Martha Jones was terrible. No, Martha Jones has turned out to be one of my favorite characters. They beat her up like, oh, Martha Jones is such a boring character that she had to be written out of the show. Which is rubbish. Yeah, but that's why I lined my birdcage with papers like that. (laughs) Or your doctor's She she isn't fully um, leaving the show... uh, Entirely, she, she left her mobile. She, yeah, she left her mobile phone, and of course, um, it was recently confirmed that she will. I mean, this is kind of a spoiler alert, and I don't want to spoil it for other people out there who might be listening to the podcast. But um, I remember reading, I think it was on, on Outpost Gallifrey actually, that she's, she's going to also be appearing in some episodes of Torchwood. So maybe that's where that's going to go is that she's going to go and do some episodes of Torchwood and then come back to Doctor Who or vice versa or maybe it's just for the Christmas episode that she won't appear and all this sort of stuff so I don't think you can say that she's definitely left but really I think that um, Ken you you said it so well um, uh, when we were talking about this on the podcast the the possibility of, of her leaving and you said that you wouldn't mind if she left if it was for creative reasons, just like when Christopher Eccleston left the series. If there was a reason for her to go, then that's fine. And I think and there was a reason, that, and it was well handled. Exactly. It was terrifically well handled. The thing yeah. for me, I think, with this episode is that you're quite right, Ken. It's a complete mashup of ideas. And there were loads of things that were just amazing about this, this episode. Little bits here and there, but when you threw them all together, I don't think it really worked, and it and it was a bit of a disappointment um, for me, anyway. But sorry, I, mate, so go. There was an opportunity here um, with the the scream of the Shalka, where the Doctor and the Master travel together in that episode. I think there was a, an opportunity here, to especially that I think that that was a Paul Cornell story. Uh, you know, again, a current series writer something that could have been sewed in a little that how about for the Christmas special the Doctor and the Master did travel together 
it would have been interesting. It would have oh, harkened back to like you know when Turlo was traveling with the Doctor when he was absolutely, and you, you never know. knew when he was going to get stabbed in the back. Or, or you know, another reference to the original series, the original pilot episode of you know of Lost in Space with, well, not the original, the second pilot episode of Lost in Space with Doctor Smith being a evil stowaway and you know where he's a member of the crew yet was always out you know yet to watch your back or you go back to Blake Seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a it would have been an excellent opportunity to do something a little bit different even if it was just for the one story. And then, and then resume next season where, you know, he's written out of the show or he does whatever, you know, whatever. There was just a, there was a golden opportunity there, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and I think they missed it. Um, and then we have the the voyage of the damned coming up with the Titanic, which uh, is a long overdue. Uh, the Doctor and the Titanic. Uh, a story being joined together. That's a long, long overdue. I think there was a, a Kellogg's novel that uh, that covered the, the Doctor on the Titanic. And we saw it a little bit in, in Rose with the, the photos of Chris Eccleston, you know, uh, on the too. And, uh, and one of the very class vintage uh, Doctor Who episodes, I don't remember the episode off the top of my head, um, didn't, uh, didn't he find himself on the Titanic as well? No, just... Oh yeah, that's that, that I remember. I don't know. I, I have to. I, I thought that you was the case. Need to do research, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just as a a, um, a passing thing where he didn't. Where Titanic was sort of like in um, an afterthought thing in the background. Mm-hmm. But the the mashup of ideas in this in this story, uh, you know, it was just. Uh, the Toclophane, did, did, really, did it really present the kind of threat? It was an alternate reality. It took an entire year, yet we got to see none of that year. Uh, part of when you, when you jump ahead to the future, uh, and there's this suffering going on, um, it has to be illustrated for there to be an impact. You can't just jump ahead and say, well, we've all really been miserable, so... That's why you should feel bad when we, you know, do these things. Uh, you have to show a little of that. There has to be this reason for patience, for the doctor to be patient and have to wait things out. There has to be some kind of hint to that, and they just jumped into it. Uh, and, and it seemed like there was a lot to cram in to one episode, and um, part of the concepts that happened and the excitement and all that kind of stuff... Some of that paid off for me, and other things didn't, and I, I'm split right down the middle with a, you know, a review that's 50-50. Some mm-hmm. stuff I really enjoyed, and some stuff I just felt felt was was stuffed in there with very little ex- explanation or, or very quick glossing over. Yeah, to, to elaborate on that, I see this episode as a link of some great character set pieces, but... The, the plot that's supposed to link them together just doesn't really hang there. It, it's just going from scene to scene where you have these great character pieces, but how you get from one to the other really doesn't jive too well. Well, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. For, on every single individual basis, acting, music, production values, all the things, everything is spot on. I mean, there's nobody who uh, doesn't give it 100%. And some of the scenes and the, the acting and the portrayals and the special effects and the music and the, 
everything with the exception, I think, of the writing. And I think the writing, not that it's particularly bad, I just don't think that there really is some kind of story going on here. It's little tiny pieces all strung together. Mm-hmm. So do you want to uh, rate it, Ken? I'm going to give it three out of five TARDIS crumbs. Okay. Which I actually liked last week's a little bit better. Okay. And viewing I... the three, the three parter as a whole, I give it three and a half, maybe four out of five. Um, I might enjoy it more watching the whole thing straight through. But um, yeah, I I, I, I agree. It's not a masterpiece by by any by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. I, I, as I alluded to before, I, I was originally up until the point where we got to the resurrection scene. I was going to give this a four out of five, but after that, it went down to to just barely as three, and um and, and that's that's my grown rating for this episode. And yeah, I, I thought last week's was um was much better and. But I know um, others going to have various other opinions, so um, I'm anxious to hear everyone else's thoughts. So um, I think, James, what was your take on it? Well, I agree with everything that you you two have both said. Um, for me, I really enjoyed this episode, and I don't think... I think we're kind of flaming it a little bit, but I think that's just because, obviously, we're so passionate about Doctor Who. Um, but for me... I really enjoyed the episode as a, as a whole and the three-parter, um, especially um, The Sound of Drums. I thought that was a, a fantastic episode, which obviously I didn't really get the chance to, to give my thoughts on, um, and I won't because it kind of, will be kind of redundant now. But yeah, I'm I, I just echoing what, everything that, that Kenneth sort of said. Um, I, it, it, it did feel completely like it was just little bits here, little bits there, um, and it didn't gel, it didn't flow as, as an episode. Um, but I, I can't really put my finger on, other than, as you rightly say, Lewis, the whole kind of rejuvenation uh, of the Doctor, that was weak and, and poor and... I, it felt like a Satsuma. It was a Satsuma. Come on. It, it, it was. It was, and, and it was, you know, almost on the line of a talking slab of concrete, but not that bad. But it, <laughs> it, it, it was really um, almost there, and it just kind of really spoiled it for me. Mm. But uh, you know, the the story and the whole concept of it was just utterly brilliant, and um, something, and it was just utterly fantastic to see the master back and. John Tim pulled it off so well, um, which when the, the rumors came out, uh, of course, last year that, that John Tim was going to step into this role, I was kind of a bit skeptical because, well, you know, how do you go about that? How do you do that? Um, and he, he pulled it off no problem. It, was, uh, it seemed like a breeze for him. Uh, it was very, very well done. Um, and I think you could you could look at all sorts of different levels, layers of this episode, and say how brilliant each one is. But just together, it I mean it didn't work. I mean, the the episode in itself, um, we've talked about the pacing, but not only that, it was eight minutes longer than any other episode of, of Doctor Who. It's the longest single episode of Doctor Who that's ever run, I think. Uh, uh, with an exception of the holiday, the, the Christmas specials. Yeah, of course, yeah, but I mean... Of, 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 of the regular series. Of the regular run. Um, 
and and, and I think that showed because um, it, it did feel like quite a long slog, to be honest. And well, with the exception of, of the the five doctors and the TV movie. Which yeah, okay, but of, of the of the <laughs> I meant of the the current the series, Russell T of, Davies. The, yeah, the 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 new series as opposed to the classic series, but. Um, I just think that it showed there, and I think that there could have been a lot of stuff that they could have cut out because it just sort of felt kind of drawn out, and it really didn't need to be, I think. Um, but and of course, the the ending with um, Captain Jack as the face of Bo and all of that nonsense. Um, at the time, I was kind of like in disbelief that they could. Uh, could do such a thing, but I think we have to remember that it, it, it was, you kind of have to take it in, in, in its heart, and it, I think it was kind of just put in there as a bit of a laugh, as a bit of fun, and that's all we should really take it as. Um, but overall, um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be slightly more generous than, than you guys, and I'm going to give it a four, even despite the kind of whole magical element uh, where the Doctor rejuvenates. As, as Ken said, all they had to do was throw in some sort of vaguely scientific explanation using the TARDIS or something like that, or I don't know, maybe they couldn't have used the TARDIS because it's a paradox machine, but um, the concepts I thought were superb, and, and for that reason alone, I'm giving it four out of five. Well, just the reset by itself would have uh, reset him back to to that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this whole one year later, I, I thought, really was unnecessary. They could have picked up the story right. The only reason, the only justification for the one year later is so that Martha's, the character, has a year to kind of ponder her situation, and when she, it kind of justifies her leaving in the end. But other than that, I mean, there's really no real reason for this having to take place a year later because it doesn't really make sense that the doctor's living in it in the same clothes in a tent as a you know ancient elderly person. It, it, I don't know. It's just it's, it was all you know. I don't know. Well, I guess that, that that was really sort of the master playing games with the doctor, of course. And I think the whole reason for the the whole one year thing was because, the, of course, Martha had to go down and spread the word of the doctor. Where the whole magic word thing. But if we did away with the yeah, whole magic exactly. word thing, if you go away you with didn't that, need it. Then there was no need. I completely agree. Um, it was also a throwaway line that he needed that time to get in tune with the Archangel Network. Yeah, but still, that was... They could have done it some other way. It just seems... Yeah. Like... Agreed. I'm just stating that, yeah. that that line was there. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I think the I, I, you know, the the story of the day after the year is, for me, a lot more interesting than what we would have seen during the year. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the one year later. I think that uh, if we watched a year of a rebel army struggling on a... Uh, no, no. They shouldn't. You didn't have to. You could, this, you could just skip the year. Just make it. You know, come to the resolution right after the end of um, last week's episode without having this whole year span to to deal with. Uh, I, I think that was a. You didn't need the story. Didn't need that other than Martha's character. You know, coming to the realization that that she needs to move on. Uh, well, I, I I know I think that the whole the whole not the realization of Martha coming that she needs to move on, but the whole Martha saving the uh, uh, well saving the universe is what the entire season's built towards. So I sort of see the reason for putting that year in in personally. Right. Well, I, I still I, think she could have done it without having to take a year to do it. 
you know, just it, it wouldn't be this whole magic word thing. It could be some other way that she could have done it, you know, without taking a year to do it. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it, I'm just. Hey. <laughs> Plus, looking in hindsight, I really like the way all the various elements of the series have been linked together into the one story of the finale, mm-hmm. where all the threads that were in every individual story come together in the final story. And it's like, though some of them may not be as strong as others, but each story slots in and contributes something to the finale. Precisely. And that, for me, is why this particular season finale is the best season finale of all. But that's just me, and I know I'm in the minority when I no, say that. No, but... you may not be. You may not. You may perhaps in this talk cast or this podcast doesn't mean. Um, I, I think a lot of people have given. Uh, I mean, I haven't read everything on the forums, but I think a lot of people enjoyed it and are, are um, very excited about it. So by no means I don't mean to paint this as you know. I, uh, let's go down. Let's continue what we were uh, getting everyone's opinion here. So, um, Darth, why don't you give us your your insight? Well, I. I clearly am a little bit in opposition to what said before. I actually quite enjoyed the, everything about the episode, really, except maybe the face of both thing doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's not... Since this is the last appearance of the face of Bo, I don't think it really matters one way or the other, whether it is true or not true, whether it's a joke, whether it's coincidence. It's an interesting thing to throw out, and you can just sort of leave it as where it is, because it's not going to be picked up again, so who cares? But um, as far as the, the episode and the, the three-part story, I just thought it was amazingly good. Um, entirely unexpected, way better than what we had gotten the last two seasons, um, where, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the reset button in this episode as if it's some sort of deus ex machina, but it's not a deus ex machina. I mean, if you want that, you go back to Parting of the Ways. If you want you know, sort of an ordinary, an idea that fans have wanted for a long time, but that was carried out in a very ordinary way, that's mostly what Army of Ghosts and and Doomsday were. But this was something created, I think, out of whole cloth, wherein it's just a celebration of everything that the Doctor is thematically. And I'm amazed that he, he, he got this many themes to come together into one episode. It's it's the best thing that I've seen out of the guy, really. I mean, in terms of developing a story over a long period of time. It's maybe not the best single episode that Russell T. Davis has ever done, but it's it's the best um, confluence of ideas put together into one narrative. Uh, I entirely buy the, the word thing, because like you pointed out, it does harken back to the Shakespeare Code. Yeah, but I didn't buy it then either. (laughs) Well, okay, fair enough. But the thing is, that establishes a precedent by which the doctor knows of different kinds of science. Uh, And maybe in that, uh, you know, he could, in fact, set up this thing by which, you know, he's resurrected by thought. That there is a power in naming someone. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's not that's not witchcraft. That is a different kind of science. I think that's the utility of the Shakespeare Code in understanding this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like, and you know, the way in which the the, the master's death was handled, um, the grief that the doctor showed over that that was stunningly emotional, um, and I thought pitch perfect. I mean, you really can't ask for a better expression of the values of the man. This is everything that was. This is everything done right that was wrong about human, uh, about, hello, family of blood. The last five minutes of, this is the antithesis of the last five minutes of the family of blood. And I really like that. I like that there's a counterpoint that you see there are these two sides to the doctor. Um, so it even validated to me what I didn't like about family of blood because it shows the balancing act that's going on with the doctor. I don't know. I really, really enjoyed it. You felt it. as emotional or more emotional about the doctor's reaction to the master than you did, let's say, about when when Rose and the doctor parted last year. Oh yeah. I, di- I didn't feel that this time around. Oh yeah. When honestly, I thought this guy has just been in a birdcage for a year, and all of a sudden he's crying over the guy. I'd be yeah, like, exactly. You know. Uh, well, I mean, he was only in the birdcage. For okay, but a, you, a knew few what, hours. you know what Ken's gist of his argument there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The, the, the gist of it is, and I know the doctor is supposed to be above seeking revenge and things like that, but I, I think he would seek justice more than he would want, you know, I don't know. I, I understand the forgiveness part and all that. Those are the things that, that make the doctor above ordinary beings. But he was just tortured for a year. I, I don't know. I, I just... Yeah, it, I have a little difficulty yeah, but, buying it. Yeah, but what's a year in the life of a Time Lord? Nothing. Uh, it's a, it's still a slap a year, on the wrist. It's still a year in a birdcage. Well, a year in a tent. Or a tent. And stuck in the same clothes. Yeah. And yeah, drinking food juice. Well, the doctor's always yeah. been stuck in the same clothes. <laughs> yeah, but on the scale of the things that the doctor has seen, for instance, just in the Time War alone, this has got to be not that bad. But even even if it is bad, that's the whole point. He still has forgiveness for the guy, which is just amazing. That makes you like the doctor a lot more, I think. Well, it's, a, it's a, you know he doesn't want to be the the last of his species anymore. Which exactly. Now, unfortunately, it's the the story's now set up so that now he's going to think he's the last one again. And we're we're back to this old theme again, being you know the last of the time lord. You know, which I I was hoping that we we're going to get past now that the master's back and. You know, because I mean, I think we've already exhausted that theme. But oh, yeah. that's just me. But I'm, but getting I'm, back to the, the one year later reset thing, um, when you see one year later on the screen, I don't, you immediately know that that the reset is coming. You know, mm. you just expect that. And um, and again, I I just don't see you know the one year could have been bypassed in this story and, and told a different way. Well, the problem only, is- only if you believe that Martha Jones is a secondary character. Only if you believe that her journey is not as valid as the Doctor's journey. Well, I think she could have still. We, she had a journey. We, if you see, if you go back to like Blink, and there's all these other adventures. Uh, the the hard time with the Doctor is not as linear as we're seeing it because there's all this hmm. other adventures that she's having with the Doctor that we don't see, and. Um, you know, so I, I think her growth of character could be done without having to take that year sabbatical, walking the earth. You know, that's I, I just didn't feel it was necessary. All of a sudden, it's the show is kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> yes, grasshopper. 
I don't know. I thought that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, I understand what you're saying in that, you know, having watched a lot of science fiction, you see the one year later, you're immediately skeptical of where that's going. But um, I just, I found that an episode which was primarily motivated by Martha's actions was great. I mean, it, it shows that, you know, we really are in a new era of companiondom. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't that, disagree. I don't disagree. I, 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 I'm the first one to, to trump Martha's character, and, and I, I really, you know, I, I, I think she, she has grown a great deal from when we saw it first saw her to today, and um, I think she's a fantastic character. And that we yeah. had, we had uh, two contrasting companions in Rose and Martha that are similar in some ways, strong, you know, strong uh, female characters, but different. And one is, you know. A, a, one has this full family, and and another has a whole development with her boyfriend and leaving, and and wanting more. And one's a doctor, and one doesn't really see a future. So the companion part, I don't have a problem with either. I think those. I think we've been blessed with the strengths of characters in the in the three seasons so far. Mm-hmm. And the and the ancillary characters of 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 uh, Captain Jack and, and, and um, even, I, I can never remember the kid's name from Dalek but Adam Adam, Adam. Adam. even Adam uh, you know uh, yeah we didn't like him but that was deliberate you know and, and, and so we've been we've had some strong characters I just I agree with Lewis in that um, you knew it was coming because here they go they go and destroy the earth oh I watched I watched the islands of Japan you know burn or whatever okay well how are we getting out of that is the first thing I'm thinking. Because they're not leaving that. Yeah, you know that they're going to have to remedy that somehow. Right, you know they're not, they're not leaving that. They're not, that's not going to continue. Um, and I think that this, the story could have been, um, could have had more impact if the master rose to be a, becoming a dictator uh, by the people choosing that, by the people buying into his, his charm and personality, and they willingly... Uh, follow him, as opposed to being duped by by this cell phone bit. It's far more frightening that people would choose to follow someone evil than it is that they just got roped into it. Uh, I, I, and there's a lesson to be learned there. And I, to me, yeah. that's what the metaphor of science fiction is all about. There's no metaphor here. Yeah, but how could you plausibly set that up, given that we're in? He's the uh, master. Set. But he said it's set in 2007. If you're going to say he's going to rise to natural power, then you know you're going to have to have the press involved, and you're going to have had, a whole campaign that's for real. They had they had a three part story to set that up. Yeah, but I don't I don't see how he can possibly win the election. It doesn't make any, any real sense to me that he could without the aid of what he's always relied on hypnotism. Mm-hmm. But the, the original hypnotism of the master was never mechanical. It was through... Uh, force was, of will. Force of will, thank you. Oh, for it, it me, was, it's... It was his own personal charm and his own personal determination. I think the whole master coming to power is very much sort of a, a traditional, far-fetched master plot in his, in his weird disguise, but jacked up a notch. And, and I, I thought it was entirely plausible for Doctor Who... And very traditional, and at the same time modern for him to 
to use these powers to become prime minister. Uh, it, it, it totally worked for me. Better than Tom Tid and the Atlantis deal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he didn't have the funny accent uh, or the bad rubber mask, uh, but it's still a traditional master plot. So, Mike, what was uh, let us know what your um, overall take on, on the story was. Well, um, let's see. I'm, I have to say I'm closer to Darth than to, to anybody else here. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I mean, uh, production values, it's, it's almost uh, a given that the acting's great, the music's great. Colin Teague was an amazing director, loved the musical number. It's, it's kind, of, kind of interesting. We sort of put all that, we all agree about all that stuff, in, yes. I think. And, Absolutely. And yeah. It's just, just fantastic. I just do the like story, the way. The, the, yeah. the defining bit where we maybe we disagree somewhat. Yeah. I can see, I can see how it, it, this episode in particular is is a is a bunch of ideas strung together, and maybe in time they they don't have the glue that some ideas will. Uh, but I really enjoyed the I was along for the ride last night, and I really enjoyed the ride. And as Darth said, it, it tied together all these themes uh, from the season uh, that we've had uh, plot ideas, but also the themes we've had this theme of of prayer and faith, uh, certainly going back to gridlock. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it brought that together. And it, I think it's, it's kind of a controversial thing for Doctor Who. Uh, and, 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 but one thing I also like about Doctor Who is when it does something it's never done before. And I think that the Doctor is the lonely god and Mar- Martha as his prophet. And the Doctor is resurrected. Uh, I mean, you can get right down to the imagery of the doctor with his arms outstretched, being resurrected and coming and forgiving the master. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, pretty obvious and surprising that it comes from the same writer as uh, the Second Coming, um, if if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. And it, it did something that the Doctor Who's never done. And uh, I guess you could say that's good or bad. But I, I I kind of almost automatically approve of trying to do something something new. And and I do think it's successful. Because I guess most people know, I don't really think of I don't think of Doctor Who as science fiction. It is fantasy, and this is, however, uh, anybody wraps it up. This is magic. You can you can put a science label on it, but that doesn't make magic science. And quite outright, this is magic, uh, or at the very least, it's supernatural. Um, uh, calling something magic may end up sounding disrespectful to some people. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's total fantasy. And it, it, it's just, it was, a, it, was a, oh, it was a delightful journey of what, of the, the magic of Doctor Who. It sounds, sorry, that sounds, it sounds so shallow to, to put it that way. Uh, I just, I really enjoyed the ride. I didn't, uh, I didn't spend a lot of time going too in-depth about, well, how do the satellites work? How does the, I mean, all this, all this stuff occurs to you. And, and I made some jokes afterward about the Doctor's outfit. And, uh, you know, even the fact that the master had, uh, had made a little suit for him once he was uh, shrunk down. And yeah, cold, I saw that. that uh, was, um, which was, I thought was an interesting touch. Uh, a magical you know. suit because it also grows with him when he yeah. expands <laughs> expand back yeah. to full size. And, and I guess the, what we could do is we could either not do those things or we could do them without explaining them too much. But I think that if you get into five-minute explanations of jargon and gobbledygook and technobabble, I don't think that make, ever makes anything better. Uh, so certainly a different episode could have been written. 
but for but for the I'm, for, I'm so, I, just to chime in on that, but see for me, if if you can just explain it a little bit so I can buy it, because when I don't buy it, it takes me right out of the story, and uh, then I'm no longer enjoying it. Here, I'm, I'm I was enjoying it to that point, and then I'm then that's completely thrown out of it, and I'm like what? What's going on here? And oh. my I, I, that's my own personal take on this. And uh, I, and for me, that's the ruining factor. I mean, it doesn't have to be a whole bunch of techno babble stuff that to explain it, but just something to just uh, just so I could just be on the t- you know to be at the table and buying this as well. But I, unfortunately, I couldn't. To to address it, I guess with an age-old response, that's what faith is about, and I think that is what the story is about. Uh, whether you you know sort of agree, disagree, approve, don't approve, I think that's what that's what they've been getting at. This, this, not only are this, this, I mean, faith in whatever, faith in humanity, faith in, uh, in this case, faith in the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that I, I can understand not, not really going along with, with that premise. Uh, but I think that is the premise of the season. And, okay. well, and I, I, I'm not saying I didn't see where it was going. I, every year they, they still manage to, uh, to not, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm in for in the last episode. Uh, you know, we might have some ideas, but uh, don't spend too much time thinking about it. But Russell manages to surprise every year uh, with with varying levels of success, uh, but always always surprise. And uh, I, I, I enjoyed the ride. Uh, after me six months, uh, you know, maybe I'll be feeling differently. <laughs> maybe it won't be that much to look back on. But it was a series of great moments, and and tying together, as Darth has already said, of of everything we've had in the previous twelve episodes. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree there. I just, you know, I just wish they were. I, I some of the things that were tying together was stuff that I didn't buy back then either. So that's, you know, that that's my complaint. But I, I, I don't fail. I don't. Um, I, I think they. I, I think they pulled that off very well. So I, I I'll fail them for that. Yeah, well, he, so for those for the fifty one and a half minutes, he totally had me. Well, I, I wish I could say the same, but I was taken out of the story here and there, and that's what jarred me. Um, so, uh, before we get to your TARDIS grown ratings, uh, we failed to get to Darth, so I'm going to go back to Darth, and I'm going to come back to you, Mike, and um, and I, maybe you might have similar TARDIS grown ratings anyway. So, um, Darth, what was your, how would you give this story in your TARDIS groans? Oh, a five. Five, a five TARDIS and, groans out of five. And the best season finale yet. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, Mike. Oh, wow. This is this is tough. I'm trying to decide. We're looking over the last three episodes, and uh, it's sort of like that uh, that feel-good feeling after some sort of, uh, uh, you know, meeting you've been at. So I, I want to say five out of five, and I'm going to say five out of five right now, but I know that the euphoria will wear off down to a four and a half. And I'm pretty okay, sure well. that's going to happen, but I'm feeling good right now, so it gets five out of five. When we do our series wrap up in two weeks, uh, you'll feel free to revise your <laughs> ratings if you will. Uh, and I probably will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Taras, did we hear from you yet? Well, we heard some thoughts, but not like the a summary. Uh, I thought this was a, a very good episode. It's like the the minor plot issues aren't that big of a deal if if the character pieces are really strong, which they definitely were. And I like the way that Russell T. Davies has tied up the story of the Master, at, at least that there's now closure, which is what 
originally they wanted to do with in the Delgado era before his tragic death, because the finale for the Pertwee era was supposed to be that uh, confrontation between the two of them to kill off the character. And it's good to see that at least that has happened in a particular form one way or another. And the story of the Master, though it kind of changed from what we originally expected, it doesn't really contradict anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought this was a great way to tie up that story, and it's very interesting that he gets killed by his companion twice over the course yeah. <laughs> of the three <laughs> episodes. women, he had to make a point of... <laughs> And him choosing to go against the doctor's wishes at the end, I think, was typical master. Yeah, but I just don't see him sacrificing his own life. But then again, we know there's an alternative motive. He has another way out. And that, that, you know. There's always that possibility. And the beginning of the TV movie has him giving up his life or whatever and we see that that wasn't the end. So, but that wasn't voluntarily. That was the Daleks. It wasn't by force of the Daleks. Well, he must have put himself into a situation where he got into that spot. So, yeah, I just figured he had by that point he had no choice, and he was, you know, liquefied or whatever it was. <laughs> I think there's also, I don't think anybody's mentioned, but I think there's a, a practical concern with regards to needing to kill off the master. And it looks like this is a one-off for John Sim. And I think they need a way to, to finish off the John Sim master. It's a shame. Before they can bring him back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sounds pretty, in interviews, he sounds like this is a one-off kind of thing. So I think there's some sense to leaving the master open-ended, but the John Sim master done. Yeah, yeah well, I, completely I would enjoy agree. to see yeah. him again, but, you know, if John Sim doesn't want to do it again, then, you know, I respect yeah, that. Yeah, he, he doesn't seem like the sort of chap, I think, very much sort of like Christopher Eccleston. He'll do something um, for the creativity, but he doesn't want to, to dwell on things too much, um, you know. I, yeah. I, I, and also, I think they, they have other things that they want to explore, I think, with, with Doctor Who now, and... Uh, it seems like they 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 have one sort of big villain per series, I guess, and uh, and that's that. So if he did return, then it, I think it would be several series down the line as well, I guess. Plus, I like the uh, the little uh, reference to the Axons and the Sea Devils in this episode. Yeah, that was good. Then the classic, nice classic series tie-in, of course. Yeah. So, um, I know, Taras, you don't give TARDIS groans. Um, well, I, I said very good. Okay. With the exception <laughs> of the uh, the caveats that I had uh, mentioned as far as we had great character set pieces, but it's like they didn't really have a good thread to link them all together as far as this particular story goes. But as far as the overreaching series, it was very well tied together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. We we have a lot of callers on deck, so we're going to get to um, those right now. Bring them on. Um, bring them on. So first on board is um, Lebetkin, and we're going to 
see. Hello? Hello? So, welcome Hello? to Dr. Pachak once again. Once again? Hi, have your speaker on? I, I'm not sure, yes. Yeah, because we're hearing ourselves echo back. One sec, one sec, I'll put my headphones on. I'm sorry, it's the first time I use VoIP to call you. Oh. Oh. For everything that Normally, I, normally I sit on my phone. And second? Yeah, I think that's better. Oh, that's good. Hello. Hey. How's it going? Well, uh, very good. Uh, very well. Firstly, I've got to give myself a pat, a pat on the back, because I guess that uh, the face of Bo was Captain Jack. Did you really? I was on the show uh, two or three weeks ago during Utopia. I mentioned hmm. it, and you said, no, don't be crazy. <laughs> I still think it's crazy, but... Okay. okay. <laughs> give you props for calling it early. Well, if you if you listen to the commentary, Rusty Davis isn't even convinced. Oh yeah, I haven't heard the commentaries. I've fallen back on fallen behind on my commentary listening um, yeah. to catch up. So so he's like, ah, oh, he might be, might not be. And Julie Gardner is no, he is. <laughs> um, second point is that I no one's really touched on this. The, what I really loved about John Sims Master is that with uh, Roger Delgado's master, what made him great is he was a dark mirror to John Pertwee. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then when he had Anthony Ainley came along, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't that dark mirror to Peter Davison or anybody else. He, he, were, he was a bad impersonation. It was like he turned into a moustache-twirling villain. Yeah. What, what I really loved about um, John Simmons is the way they went back to that original rationale, and he became, he became a dark mirror of uh, David Tennant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I it, it, that. It took me a good episode to warm up to him, but by this episode, I really, I really loved his portrayal. Mm-hmm. And just generally overall, I love the episode. I agree with Darth Skeptical completely. I think it's the strongest uh, season finale we've had. Um, I, I like, you know, I, the, one of the great things about Russell T. Davis is that, um, like, he, he's, he's a huge atheist, he doesn't believe in a deity, a god, but he sees the, the value and the strength of you know, human will, human faith, whatever, and I think it's been a running thread throughout all three series, mm-hmm. which I, I, I think really beautifully came together in, the, in this episode. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, uh, the new mod it, it, was, was was great for me. What was that? I'm sorry. Sorry, the the new mod, the yeah, when he the resurrection was was just was just great for me. Was it okay? See, I, and, uh, it's kind of surprising hearing you know about Russell T Davis you know being an atheist and 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 because it just seems I don't know that that uh, <laughs> the whole resurrection thing doesn't seem like it would come from something that 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 may be grounded in that way, but who? Oh. That, well, I mean, if you think back to, to was it, uh, the end of the world, when the, the shuttles are, are docking, they say, you know, you're not allowed to smoke or uh, relig- you're not allowed to smoke or flash photography or, or practice religion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On satellite. <laughs> so, yeah, now, I've heard him say he, 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 he believes religion was an outmoded concept and will be gone in a million years or whenever. But, again, it, it, it doesn't detract from the, the truth that, you know, there is a uh, you know a non-physical dimension to to life, which uh, I, oh I think it was, it, was, it was a very traditional you know uh, turnaround. The doctor used the apparatus that the master had used against him. You know this archangel network. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, and, uh, I don't know. 
I, I, I just don't think it yeah, would have the, the power the, to make him young again. It's just, uh, I'm, but then again, well, as Darth had said, it was a different kind of science, one that's based on words, not math, and um, if you can buy yeah, that premise. I mean, like, the, the science in Blink, well, I found much more, uh, much harder to, to conceptualize. You know, the, these things live off potential energy, and I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand it. But, eh, you know, I, I don't really see it being so different from, like, the, you know, uh, what's the story? The, the, the demons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. end of that, you know, Joe Grant saves the Doctor by, um, by, I, what was it? By Halal? I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it was it was something equally fruity. Mm. Uh, so that's, so that's my two pennies. Wh- how many Tardis Groans would you give it? I, I would give it six. I would give the season six if possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely the episode, I'll give five. Well, definitely come back when we are doing our series wrap-up and review, and um, you can give the whole series a six out of five. Uh, I'll try and give it a seven if you let me. That's really, I think this has been the strongest <laughs> season since um, since the comeback. I think probably the strongest season ever. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I think a lot of us might agree, but we'll save that for, the, for that future show, not okay. get too bogged down in that today. Thank okay, you. well, thank you so much. Thanks so much. All right. Bye. Take care. Cheers. All right. Uh, uh, next up in the queue is West. West Hubbard. Hello, West. Hello, everyone. Good to have you on board. Hey, it's good to be, it's good to be here. Um, I guess I'll get right into it. I I enjoyed this episode the whole time. There, you know, some of the stuff that everyone else has talked about, I, I wholeheartedly agree with. Um, so, no need to hash that again. I'll just say that um, I was most interested in Jack's character and how they underused him in this episode. He just kind of was there for background dressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost a, a waste of even having the character there. Um, other than to throw out that face of boat in it, which shocked me at first, but I kind of, I'm growing into that idea. I'm like, you know, I think it's fascinating. If you go back, I'm going to run back and start watching all the episodes with face of Bo in it if there's any little hints there, because you never know. Um... But his attitude seemed a lot happier, so maybe in the next season of Torchwood, he'll be more like the old Captain Jack than the depressed one that we saw in the first season. Yeah, we can only hope. He is hoping, yeah. indeed. <laughs> and, and, of course, now he's got a friend in Martha, and if she's going to be showing up from time to time, that'll help boost some of the chemistry in that show as well. Maybe Martha will join Torchwood. <laughs> that would be awesome. But, well, it's what uh, she was uh, originally casting for, right? When they called her in, they told her, "Yeah, would you like?" To yeah, come that's right. Torchwood. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there I you go. About that. So that's full yeah. circle for the actors. Yeah, exactly. Right, and I think she could bring a great dynamic to that show. Um, not, not to turn everything over to Torchwood, but I think you know, just future hints of how Jack's going to be was the most interesting thing to me that hasn't been said yet about this episode. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I guess I'll give it a I'll give it a four out of five, and then like all three episodes together, I'll give a five. All right. Well, thank you so much, West. And uh, can I uh, can I offer you a plug for your podcast? Certainly, I'll always take a plug. This is not to say that everyone else has to plug something after me. Um, <laughs> I can if you want to. Um, today on CIA, right after. Um, Podshock here. We're going to take a little break and then start back up. We're going to be discussing favorite sci-fi authors. 
And a second topic we're going to throw out is it seems like everyone seems to be in the forums wanting to talk about the new Bionic Woman series, so we're going to kind of throw that out there, too. So please come by and see us after this is over with. Okay, very good. And just um, that's on TalkShoe as well. And uh, what's the TalkShoe ID um, number? It's three zero something or yeah, and you know what? I can't remember it, but uh, Merlin. Just if you browse TalkShoe <laughs> right now, it, it's it will be one of the live shows. You know, it's it's in right. the science fiction section under CIA. All right, it's uh, okay, three eight six five nine. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Dave. Thank All you, right, Dave. so. Thank you so much. And speaking of Dave, he's the next one in the queue. So, Wes, thanks again. And uh, um, we're going to get to Dave. No problem. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oops. Sorry. Cut him off there. Dave. Dave Cooper from um, Manchester, uh, UK. Hi, Lewis. Hi, everyone. Hi. Welcome back. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, I'm going to go with Darth. Um, I, I really enjoyed this episode, although uh, I take on board what lots of people have said. Um, there was a, a little bit of a mishmash. There were things to really like. Uh, there were other things to uh, perhaps jar a little bit. Uh, the first few minutes, which I believe some people liked a lot, I didn't like. I thought, Doctor in the Doghouse, that's too literal, too literal. Um, I mean, he was spelling it out for the younger viewers that the Doctor was down and out and having his nose rubbed in it. And um, the Master was, uh, like he said in the confidential, um, uh, acting with glee like a teenage boy in his bedroom because he, he controlled the world. Everybody did what he said. Uh, he had his beautiful partner and uh, all was right with the world as far as he was concerned. Uh, Lots of things to mention, and I'm sorry, Ken, it might not be as brief as you want me to be. I'm going to come after you with a stick. Oh, that's okay. With a compression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say things as they come up. And, uh, the last speaker just said um, Jack was underused, and I agree with that. Um, but I still think he was definitely worth it, because it did go some way to resolve... Um, his attitude and hopefully that will change now in Torchwood because towards the end after the little revelation that uh, he was called the face of Bo um, he also talked about responsibility he also seemed to have accepted now that uh, you know he wanted to live, he didn't want to die if you remember thinking back to um, the last episode The Sound of Drums uh, his conversation with the Doctor was all about he didn't really know whether he wanted to go on. He wanted to find a way out. I think now that um, having spent this time with the Doctor uh, and seen the responsibility and the weight of the world, um, he's going to go back to Torchwood and sort those uh, that bunch of his out a little bit. And for heaven's sake, they need it. Um, um, this was actually the, the first story. I talked with my son, used on a Sunday before I come on this, and this is the first episode that he didn't like at all and I liked because we usually have a very similar view on the episodes he didn't like the idea of the rewind, he didn't like all the uh, the um, Flash Gordon and the uh, Captain Scarlet is it the the references and lots of things like that but I'm going to go back to my old, uh, I'm going to beat my old drum, this is BBC producing top quality drama. I mean, for heaven's sake, they they can't spend a hundred million on their Lord of the Rings thing, but they gave it a hell of a shot. I mean, 
the uh, the uh, effects that they did with the Doctor were marvellous. They didn't just use the CGI. They used the uh, the makeup and modelling effects. They used speed cameras, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that was excellent. I wasn't quite sure of one thing. Um, the master said, "Let's suspend your regenerations and dial you up. Uh, you know, nine hundred. See what you look like. Nine hundred years old." Well, of course, as we all know up to now, the Doctor was already 900 years old. So it made me think, we're either seeing the Doctor as he would have looked if he hadn't regenerated. In other words, that's what uh, William Hartnell, the first Doctor, would have looked like if he hadn't been able to regenerate. No, I think it's, it's the... I think it's the tenth doctor's form. If he if this, he's suspending all his future regenerations, and if you took that form and accelerate it by X amount of years, how many nine hundred years it was? That's how. Because if you if you saw the confidential, you'll know that they modeled the 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 Gollum doctor, if you will, the the Yoda That's doctor, right. to look like David Tennant. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't think it's William Hartnell that old. I think it's it's David Tennant's. Uh, um, incarnation of the doctor that old yeah what I, what I was trying to say and obviously putting it poorly was the fact that uh, is that what the 900 year old doctor would look like ah as um, somebody I think it was Merlin earlier on in the chat uh, people listening at this at a later date this chat going on all the time uh, by the keyboards and um, he said that uh, um, one of the doctors had said uh, that he was over a thousand years old at one point the third doctor I think it was uh, it made me wonder whether in actual fact each doctor could live for as much as 900 years Pertwee, sorry yeah uh, that each doctor could actually live 900 years between regenerations barring accidents as it were and so that was what one regeneration would have looked like anyway that's enough of that mm-hmm. um, uh, but uh, I mean there was tons in this show and Obviously, it was a very long episode, um, uh, lots of other things to speak. Uh, I'm, I'm quite glad that um, Martha is leaving, in fact. Although she did quite well in this episode, she hadn't really, to my mind, got the charisma to to take on the task that the Doctor gave her. I couldn't really see her uh, being this uh, person wandering around the world and, and spreading this message. And um, I don't think she just has the range to, to, to present that to us as the viewer in a believable way. Um, uh, Lucy Saxon, um, again, there was some speculation that she might be an alien, another Time Lord, or not, but the Master does in fact say he took her to the end of the world, to Utopia. It was a Time Lord and a human, so he tells us that she's human, and then I had the feeling that what she'd seen, because he does describe Utopia as sort of hell-like, and I'm wondering whether she actually becomes uh, this sort of psychotic woman that we see uh, from her visit, when she realises that nothing matters anymore, that there's no, uh, there's no uh, you know, there's nothing to aim for. Um, but again, well, that uh, is, I, she's a battered wife. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I, the, the, I, I the actually... I'm sorry to interrupt you. I actually no, got the fine. impression that she was hypnotized by the master because she very deliberately, the actress very deliberately plays her with these zombie-like eyes. Yes, well, I thought she was like a, I don't know, schizophrenic or whatever. But uh, the um, 
the point about the uh, the master dying, and I thought that was a lovely scene. Uh, uh, I realised that uh, Rose leaving was far more uh, emotional, certainly for us as viewers. But you have to give David credit for the, um, the the scene he played out, and the fact that for him it was uh, the whole title of the show, really, the last of the Time Lords, with the Doctor's death, or so he believed it to be the Doctor's death, uh, the Master's death. Uh, he he did definitely now uh, become the last of the Time Lords. So again, Russell T Davies. Uh, I can't really figure him out. He does some parts so beautifully, and yet. Other parts, uh, he leaves us wanting. Well, he leaves me wanting in terms of uh, the the science, the science fiction of it, the off-worldness of it, and and uh, all, all the stuff that's out there. So I'll stop now. I gave it uh, on the forums a five, but I think it's more of a four, four and a half. But I gave it a five because it brought the series to really a wonderful climax, and we did indeed get our three-parter. It was only the fact that Blink and uh, Sound of the Drums were actually, in fact, quite a lot better, I thought, that made me hesitate with the uh, the five. But I gave it the five because it was the end of the series. It wrapped an awful lot of things up. And I really feel as though the BBC had pushed the boat out and, as I joked in the forum, pushed the boat back in at the end. So mm-hmm. that's me done, Lewis, I think. OK, well, thank you so much, Dave. And... We're going to, uh, we had uh, Dr. Daddy in the queue, and then he got disconnected, and then he's back again, so we're going to get to him, and then after him is Lonely Angel, so let's um, first get to Dr. Daddy. Hello, welcome to Hey, guys, can you, can you hear me okay? We can hear you. You're fine. Oh, great. Um, well, I just want to say, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, and uh, <laughs> a big thanks to all you guys for doing this podcast week after week. Uh, Thank you. One of the th- one yeah, of the problems that uh, that I've you know missed was you know I was a, I'm a big fan from back in the early '80s and uh, uh, you know I don't have any friends anymore who really are into Doctor Who so it's nice to be able to you know have people I can listen to and and sometimes talk to uh, you know about Doctor Who the way we used to back when I was in high school. Sure. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking uh, specifically about this episode and also about. Um, the series in general uh, and some of the things that Russell T. Davies has done. Um, I, I've been, uh, you know, blessed with, uh, what do you call it, uh, finding a wife who uh, is, is into science fiction and, you know, is always interested in, uh, you know, like Star Trek, Stargate, uh, Babylon 5, all that stuff, but she was never into Doctor Who. Just, you know, wasn't showing any interest in it. You know, tried it a couple times and, and, and didn't like it. And uh, when... Uh, the first season was on uh, with uh, Eccleston. You know, I watched that, you know, on the train by myself, you know, and then Christmas Invasion came along, and I said, you know, Christmas Day, you know, hey, you know, let's watch Doctor Who, you know, this is this is looking really good, and you, you might want to watch it. And she did, and she was hooked. And so for that whole next season with uh, uh, Tennant, you know, she was she was getting into it, and, uh, you know, that that speaks to the, the how much the show has changed and the quality of the writing and the, the overall direction and everything since it came back, that it was able to hook a viewer who was really uninterested in it uh, before then. And then she even went back and watched the Eccleston season as we were waiting for season three to uh, appear. And uh, she, she liked that even more. She's actually starting to edge more back that even though Tennant was her first doctor, she's starting to like Eccleston more, although that might probably be because of uh, uh, she, she liked Rose a lot more than... Uh, 
uh, Mark Mother. Mother. So, yeah. And and so in some ways it's kind of nice that uh, that that you know perhaps Martha is gonna go back where she uh, <laughs> back to uh, uh, secondary status uh, because uh, uh, if, you know any viewers who who weren't as interested in her uh, you know perhaps won't be leaving the uh, the show for that. But uh, I actually am surprised nobody has mentioned that uh, Sally Sparrow would make a great companion. And actually, mm-hmm. I was surprised they didn't bring her on. They, they really didn't have any secondary companions in this season the way they have in the previous previous seasons that were there for just two or three episodes, you know, except for Captain Jack, who at this point is more of a semi-regular than a, than a yeah, secondary character. Yeah. No Mickey yeah. this time. But, uh, yeah, with regard to this, with this episode... Um, yeah, I agree. It wasn't it wasn't as, it wasn't as good as the uh, as the setup. Um, as soon as as soon as I heard the word paradox machine in the previous episode, I knew instantly that anything that was going to happen was going to be something that could be undone. And I thought it was kind of odd when they said, "Yeah, we've reset back to uh, you know right before or right after the president was killed." And I'm like, "Okay, well, if it's after the president was killed, shouldn't there be a couple spheres floating around able to blast them? Because something had to kill the president." So. <laughs> It's like, you know, maybe the rest of them didn't come through the uh, dimensional portal. Oh, well, that's but, a good point. You know, the, the, the rest of them that's a good point. should have been there. Yeah. And and I thought it definitely suffered from the fact that the Doctor, as the Doctor as we know him, was not really in it for a good portion of the episode. I realized Russell was trying to, you know, kind of make this Martha's story to a degree, but uh, I, I felt it definitely suffered from that. They They could have brought him back to his normal self where he could have verbally sparred with the Master on a more... I don't know, believable or uh, 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 just uh, just just by him, you know, as himself instead of that little like, you know golem creature they had him set up. Although one could argue that showing him looking like that, being aged so much, could have been a setup for well, how does Jack turn into the face of Bo when he's human now? Because the doctor's head was much bigger than the rest of his body, and if you extrapolate that out to five billion years. Maybe that's what Jack's going to look like. Jack's, Jack already has a big head now. He's going to get a bigger head. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I, I definitely would uh, give it a um, uh, just just a three and a half out of five. I totally agree with Ken on this, that, that it, it definitely, you know, I, I, I like the fact that everything hung together, that they kept recalling back the themes from the rest of the season uh, and, and tied it more tightly than ever before. But, um yeah, it just it, it, there was just something missing. It uh, I don't know if it was the one year forward jump or uh, or if it needed even a, you know another season. Uh, I mean another season, another episode to uh, uh, like you said to make us believe the world was suffering so much. You know even more. Um, but uh, uh, one, one more thing I wanted to mention that I thought you guys might get a kick out of. Um, you know I have a four year old son and a six year old daughter, and you know they've been exposed you know moderately to Doctor Who. A couple of the Eccleston episodes and some of the Tenant ones, although you know not the ones that would really scare them. And uh, my my daughter's digging through a pile of toys the other day, uh, and uh, she pulls out something and says, "That's a weird-looking Dalek." And I look over because I knew we didn't have any Dalek toys except one that's you know sitting up on a shelf. And I look at what she's holding, and it's an R2D2 figure. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> wow. So, so the education of science fiction, the next generation, is proceeding properly in this home, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. All right. Well, thank you so much, Doctor Daddy, and um, once again, welcome to. I'm so glad you were able to get in, and um, after being yeah. um, all this time, so thank you so so much. Thanks. 
Okay, we're going to get to our next caller, which is uh, Lonely Angel 10. Hello, Lonely Angel 10. Hi, Lewis. How are, how, how's everyone doing? We're doing good. good. How about yourself? Hello. I'm okay. I'm actually um, very excited to tell everyone that I really enjoyed the episode. Okay. Um, for me, it was a 5 out of 5. I don't think I'd really change too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just... You know, it was just very, you know, exciting, the entire episode. Um, I didn't get to watch it until very late. And um, I think near the beginning, I had a bunch of pillows on top of me, and I think I might have bit through one of them when, <laughs> um, when they started playing um, the uh, Scissor Sister song yeah, that the, was uh, really- the beginning. And uh, I had to keep quiet because it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I didn't want to wake up the entire house. <laughs> so I, it was just like every... You know, I was just pretty much transfixed on the entire episode. And, you know, I do realize that there are things that are that can be debated. And I sort of just took it at face value. Um, mm-hmm. And just really just enjoyed the whole story and the whole, you know, just the, the one-time watch, you know, the one-time um, reaction to watching it. Um, yeah, so I, was, I, I pretty much agree with uh, Dave and uh, Darth on this. And, okay. Uh, I, I think it actually probably was the, uh, the best... Um, finale out of the other three seasons. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really think I would, would change anything else. Um, you know, maybe there was a, a couple of situations where I didn't really understand how they got from one scene to the next, because there was a lot of, like, quick, you know, flashes that you sort of had to just, you know, get all together and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there was, you know, there was a few things that from the sound of drums that, you know, that did finally get answered that, you know, that was probably, you know, annoying me all week. You know, we did get to find out who the, um, what are they, the Taquacane, Taquacane? Yeah. You know, that they, that it was all a paradox and what the whole purpose of the paradox was. And, and then, um, you know, when they did finally end at the, you know, with that one scene that they've been showing, um, you know, all over the net with um, the filming in Cardiff with uh, Captain Jack and uh, the Doctor and Martha. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because I completely forgot about that scene until the very, very end because I was just so wrapped up in the whole episode. And then they finally showed that one scene that I was waiting for, and it was like, well, you know, that that whole, uh, you know, that Jack is a face of bow and all that. I mean, I totally didn't expect any of that. So it's just, you know, it really, you know, I think it, it, it did what it was supposed to do, which was to entertain, basically. And, you know, all the other questions, maybe they'll be answered in, in future seasons, but then that's good. You know, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it was all tied up with a bow. It seems like there's now, you know, more things to be discovered. And more it was tied up with the face of bow, I'm sorry. It's tied up with the face of bow, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's a... There's a it just feels like there's now, you know, a reason to really sit for the other, you know, preceding seasons. You know, now we have a reason to watch series four. If they were, if they just ended it and everything was answered, then you know, well, why, why even watch it? So, I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm really happy with it. All right, but and I, I think you, you gave it a five. Five out, five out of five. five? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Okay, thank yeah. you guys. All right, cheers. We're going to get to our next call. I, I know the show's running a, little, a bit late, so that's why I'm trying to get everyone on board here. The next one up is. Uh, the crazy Englishman. Hello. Hello. How you doing? You're, you're on Doctor Who Podshock. Yeah, I'm actually Bad Wolf. Hello, Lewis. Hey, Bad hey. Wolf. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid. Don't Bad Wolf on the forum. Clarify. <laughs> Captain Scarlet. Uh, I've written a lot of notes. I'm not going to help you make the show go any faster here. They seem to have stolen most of their ideas from Captain Scarlet. Uh, Captain Scarlet had the cloud base. 
and they had the angels, or was it the archangels? And we also had Captain Scarlet as indestructible, which yeah. seems to go towards uh, Captain Jack. Um, the Rewind, that looked like a bit of the uh, Dallas shower scene, where uh, <laughs> one of the characters was killed off, and then he was suddenly discovered in the shower again. Um, can, I, can I just stop you there great... for a minute, though? Yeah. A lot of people have said that, and I really don't understand it, because the Dallas shower scene it was completely unsupported by anything that had gone on before. That's what makes it a hard reset. That's what makes it deus ex machina. It comes out of nowhere. But this thing is set up by the existence of the Paradox Machine and by what the Paradox Machine is explained to be doing. So naturally, if you take the Paradox Machine out, things will snap back to where they were before. So I don't understand how it's like the Dallas uh, shower scene. I think like the Dallas shower scene, it was a convenient way because uh, when we were looking at this one year later, I was wondering how they were they were going to proceed with the series because then you'd have been into a completely alternative universe. They had to find some way to bring it back. Hmm. Okay. And the Masters returned. Well, we know Johnson was brilliant, but uh, also we saw somebody picking up the ring at the end of it, so we know he's going to return. Yeah, Ming the Merciless. I, I thought the whole trilogy after the first episode was a little too old for kids, being a, a family and kid-orientated show. I thought the themes were a little too adult, not in, not in terms of language or uh, anything else, just just the whole concept that you, you had to get this through to a child's mind. I have a four-year-old son, and I can't see him sitting through all three episodes of this. Mm-hmm. I think I think the trilogy was disjointed, and I think that was largely due to the time restraints put upon it. Uh, they had yeah. two 40-minute episodes and a 50-minute episode, and the whole thing seemed to me like they had to try and squeeze this in. And I think uh, the plot suffered largely because of that, and I would have rather seen it as three one-hour episodes if that's what it needed to be. Yeah. I'm wondering uh, when... Go on. No, I'm sorry. I was just... I, I had thought the same thing crossed my mind as well, is that um, I was wondering if this story was given more, you know, maybe another episode, uh, you know, a four-parter, if you will, if you include Utopia, you know, part of it, as part of it, maybe it may have worked better, but I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, and I'm wondering when Russell T. Davis is going to relinquish the reins and uh, give up some of the control, and I think it's long overdue now that Stephen Moffat should write the series finales. (laughs) He has written the best episodes, more or less, of every series so far, but every year we've got the series finales written by Russell T. Davis, which have not been always as good. In fact, I would say the high point of this last season was Blink, and uh, that was written by Stephen Moffat, and now we've got this this very squeezed effort by Russell T. Davis. Mm-hmm. I think I think the trilogy was written uh, in the purpose of it was before they knew they were getting series four. So a lot of things had to be explained. A lot of the uh, unanswered questions from the series had to be tied up, such as the face of Bo and Captain Jack and stuff like that. And I, I think a lot of this, and it showed that it was written before they even knew they were going to get a Series 4. And I think things like the Master's Ring being picked up and the, the Titanic crashing into the TARDIS, which is supposed to be indestructible, by the way. <laughs> That's what crossed my mind as well. Yeah, when, 
I think they were written at the end when they, they realised that Series 4 was going to be uh, ongoing and the Christmas special was going to be ongoing, and they just tied those in at the end. Um, regeneration reset. The Master regenerated, or reset the Doctor's regenerations. Now, does that mean he can go on now beyond 13 regenerations? Did the Master reset his regenerations? I believe he dipped the uh, laser screwdriver, didn't he? He said he was going to reset his regeneration to see what he looked like at 900 year old. I, I thought he like withheld his regeneration. He suspended them. Yeah. Well, if he's yeah, if he suspended them, I mean, in effect, that's a re- regeneration reset, and I think that's a plot device they will probably use later. It's possible. I think well, the time will tell. A, yeah, I think the master would have made a great content- companion. And I also think there's something that's not been discussed here. Uh, it's been discussed in other series. But uh, consequences and the word. Um, I mean, wasn't it originally the Doctor in the first Christmas special that set the word going that brought Harriet Jones down, which allowed the Master to get into power? Yeah, the, what was it, six words? The six words that brought down Harriet Jones which if you think about it, and it was mentioned, I'm not sure if it was in Utopia, I think it was in The Sound of Drums, that uh, the election was caused by the downfall of Harriet Jones. Yeah, that the master came into uh, his first, like, um, yeah, that, that he first came onto the scene, so to speak, with the downfall of, Martha, of, of Harriet Jones. And I guess, yeah, so compared, I, think I guess compared to Saxon's reign, Harriet Jones's reign was Britain's golden age. <laughs> but I think it goes back to that, that theme that's run for all three series of the consequences of what the Doctor does. That by bringing down Martha Jones, he's allowed mm. Harold Saxon or the Master to come back and take over powering Great Britain and finally the world. And it was originally a, a series of words that brought Harriet Jones down. So to go back to that, I thought brought that round in a, in a complete circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about the, the six words, you know, and, and how that kind of tied into this, in a sense. Yeah, and, and when I say it looked like, you know, this this series was written before they knew they were going to get it series four, if you look at things, they tied up Captain Jack with a face of bow. Martha has left, whether permanently or temporarily, we don't know. But everything looked like they were wrapping things up so that if the series didn't go on, then they could have the Doctor riding off into the sunset, uh, and then it could be picked up at a later date. And if it did go on, then they had a good climatic ending. And I think possibly the three episodes suffered from that uncertainty as well. Mm-hmm. So, so what, I was, what was your, how, what, how would you rate the episode? I was just about to say, I would give that okay. episode three, but Sorry. I would give the trilogy four. Okay, very good. Awesome. Thanks, mate. You're welcome. Uh, thank you, Bad Wolf. We'll be looking forward to uh, more of your reviews, um, which you, which are um, on our website, and as always, your contributions in the forums as well. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Thank you, mate. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, moving along, we have the sixth doctor on board. I believe this is Ian. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome hey. back. Howdy. <laughs> um, I I liked it. 
I really like <laughs> Okay, thank you so Good much. Stuff. Next yeah, see you later. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Darth. I wasn't upset by the whole yeah, big reset button. I've seen it a lot on the boards where people are like, oh, it's just Deus Ex, and it's just a big reset. It's like, no, it was written right and from the beginning. You know, it's like, I, I didn't have a problem with it. The only thing I really had a problem with is that the master possibly didn't die. I was actually yeah. quite happy that that uh, that they'd taken the direction of like killing him. I'm like, okay, good, we're done. Let's move on from the master. You know, we don't have to bring him back again. But this whole ring thing at the end was just like, oh. <laughs> that could um, be a setup for bringing back Mrs. Saxon. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I figured. The master is going to come back as as was it Lucy, Lucy Saxon? Yeah, but we don't we don't definitely know that it's her. Remember, it could well. Be she has the red nail polish, which is you know, I, it could be a coincidence, but they she had the same nail polish as Lucy Saxon. Could be the Rani. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have red lit nail polish. What does that mean? It could have been Candy. <laughs> it was. I was expecting you to have black nail polish. I I tend to disagree with the fact that that Marta Martha is gone. I think yeah, she'll be back. She'll be she'll be back as a full time companion. Okay. And to 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 kind of throw it out there like Tarath did with me last week. Remember Tegan? Mm. We all thought she was gone. Oh, she got left behind by the doctor, and lo and behold, there she goes again. I think one of the things that they might do, just looking at it, is that she will go off and and do some other things for a bit, and then she'll come back as the companion without the baggage of, you know, being head over heels with the doctor. Mm-hmm. I think maybe, maybe it's their way of, of dispensing with that. She'll get over him, and then she'll um, have healed her family and, and join the TARDIS again. Um, yeah, very possible. And and yeah. um, um, Adjumin, um, Adjumin, uh, could go <laughs> do other products, projects rather, and um, return to the series. Um, you know, they could have yeah. during the Christmas one, just like they had Kath, um, um, Catherine Tate. They could have someone else, um, you know, being the standing companion. Yep. Uh, the other thing I had the problem with was the ship crashing into the TARDIS at the end. I thought, out of out of all the things that people have pointed out that were kind of corny in this episode, that was the corniest. Um, yeah. The the TARDIS is supposed to be impervious. The, the TARDIS has been shot at and blown up, and still, you know, they've never had a hole in the wall with the ship sticking through it. Uh, well, in so this I, I, new series. They had to use that Slavine captured technology to build a force shield for this TARDIS, so it could be that it no longer operates in that manner. Yeah, but then again, what about in 42 when it's uh, stuck in the part of the ship where it's like thousands and thousands of degrees and not a scorch mark on her? Yeah, they're gonna to have to explain that somehow. How that, you know, cre- I mean, yeah. I just thought the end of this episode was a a bit of a rehash of last, uh, you know, where we saw all some you see Captain Tate on on board the TARDIS and the Doctor's like, huh, huh, what, <laughs> what? And I, I now think he's doing it all over again, but instead of a, a but maybe that's why he's confused it's, it's, like, it's, it's a big ship. 
but maybe that's why he's, he's confused anyway, because the TARDIS is indestructible, and how did that happen, you know? Maybe, yeah. maybe they'll explain it, only time will tell. Let's, uh, let's just see how it plays out. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was glad of it last time when, when Catherine Tate showed up, because you went from this very, very emotional scene where, where you know, he said goodbye to Rose to bang right into this woman standing in the TARDIS. That was one thing. Um, yeah. But this one, was, it seemed like, you know, Martha could have, you know, gone through the gate, the TARDIS could have dematerialized, and you could have just left it like that, you know. Well, yeah. I, didn't know I, I didn't think it was really necessary to have this throw into the to the Christmas episode. Well, we're going to find out, you know, come December, that the Titanic's late for its iceberg meeting, and the Doctor has to get it back in time to meet the iceberg or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, one other thing before I go, um, I I started cringing briefly when the Doctor started glowing and growing and and floating. But then the kid inside of me came out and curled up on the couch going, <laughs> um, I turned to revert back to like 10 whenever Doctor Who's on and and that whole, you know, the science part and everything just goes out the window and, and I'm 10 again and I'm sitting on the couch just loving it. Um, I'm going to give it a five just because I love Doctor Who and I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. No, Good that's, enough for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you, guys. Well, thank Cheers, you. Cheers. Yep. Cheers. Okay, we're going to get to our last caller here, uh, who is uh, Victor Lord, L- Lode. Hello, Victor. Hi, uh, my name is actually Michael, but Victor Lode being an anagram of evil doctor. I thought it was appropriate for this episode. Oh, okay. Oh. Fair enough. Um, uh, there are just so many things that were just jammed into this episode. I agree that we there, there was quite a bit. Um, but with Captain Jack being the face of Bo, um, it would almost have to be that, that Jack, if he is indeed the face, um, have to have made up his entire legend. Because go- going back, there were so many bits dropped in about uh, his past and his legend that um, uh, being the last of Bo kind, he had to have made up Bo kind for that to be the case. And um, it, uh, about him being from the Silver Devastation would have all had to have been clues that, um, that, that he was trying to drop hints to the Doctor without letting him know. But the, the, the biggest problem I had with it was uh, him in the end of the world. He was just so off to the side and didn't even have any sense that he, he knew the Doctor like he did in, in other... Yeah, Victor, I I'm, I'm, don't mean to step on you, but you, we can hardly hear you. Is there any way you can um, boost your gain at all? Or? Is that better? Yeah, oh, much, much. better. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, uh, no, I was just saying that uh, uh, everything that was dropped in about uh, the face of Bo in previous episodes uh, would have had to have been made up by Jack if it was, an indeed, if it was indeed Jack. Because um, th- this entire legend is, is based on all of these hints that were dropped through the last couple of seasons that um, just don't really, really fit in, um, such as uh, him being the last of Bo Kind. Uh, Bo Kind would have had to have existed unless he was just making the whole thing up himself. Mm-hmm. Um, there, so, um, uh, my, uh, I actually uh, was laughing uh, hysterically at the Doctor's Resurrection and had to pause it for a few minutes because the only thing that was going through my head was 
um, if you believe in fairies, clap your hands. <laughs> and I, I just, it, it, for, for me, I, I did see after I unpaused it that it was a very um, Christ image moment, but, but for the first uh, couple of seconds there, all I, all I could think of was that, that Peter Pan connection. Um, the uh, bit about the doctor forgiving uh, the master, um, I, 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 I kind of, I'm kind of looked too much, but yes, he, he did forgive him or he didn't forgive other people, but um, as this particular doctor, he hadn't really given uh, this, him as this doctor, he hadn't given him as this master a second chance yet. And, and through the entire, I think that was almost alluded to through the entire uh, episode where he apparently for the past year had been trying to tell uh, the master something and the master wouldn't let him speak. So uh, that being the case, when he finally uh, uh, had a chance to speak, he said, now I'm going to finally say something, I'm going to forgive you. And uh, that, that uh, in my mind, could have been a second chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and um, I, I know this is going to uh, upset you a little bit, but, uh, but of course we have to question the source. In the Daily Mirror, uh, they were talking about... Um, uh, what's going to uh, happen for next season and um, they mentioned um, I don't know if you've listened to the commentary yet for this episode but uh, in the I, I have it myself but I'm sure others here have Russell T. Davies mentions uh, in, in passing that they've um, that he, he likes to go over uh, the same themes because the episodes are so different from week to week that there has to be something to um, uh, ground it in and so um what you've been talking about the past uh, couple of uh, years now where um, uh, you're seeing episodes from uh, season to season which are the same uh, in and around the same episode that they appeared in last year uh, is going to keep going. Uh, but the, the, the brighter news, and, and again, this is if we can believe it, um, uh, the Daily Mirror says that uh, this next series will be likely Russell T. Davies' last series before he steps down. Yeah, it seems to be the case, you know, um, things are pointing that way, but uh, as long as the show continues and someone else steps into his shoes and continues, the, you know, um, captaining the, the series, um, that's how Doctor Who's survived all these years, is, um, you know, regenerations, both behind the scenes and in front of the scenes. Sure. Uh, overall, I, I give probably, as a standalone episode, uh, a, a three out of five, just because so many things were crammed in, and it, it was very disjointed. But uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the trilogy and the end of the series, um, I, I'd have to give it a four out of five. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Victor. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Okay. We're going to uh, get to, uh, I believe, our last caller here, which is, I believe, is Tim. Hello there. Hi, Lou. Is that you, Tim? Hi, can you hear me? Welcome welcome to Doctor Who Podshock. Hello, yeah, I've been listening to Podshock since the very first episode. Yeah, I know. Uh, You're one of the original feedbacks we got. I I don't don't email you guys very often because I realize you get a lot of emails, and uh, so therefore you... Don't let that stop you. I probably sent you some Dalek voices a while back. Um, I believe you did, yes. I, I yeah. believe so. Still waiting for you to use them. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we ha- haven't been. But there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff where has been sent in, um, especially since we've been doing these live shows that we need to get to. All our promos, uh, just uh, heads up there. Uh, anyone that's uh, waiting to hear their promos, um, it's coming soon. Now that we're getting the, now that the series is winding up or has winded up, and we're going to get back to doing studio shows more often. In so a podcast a near material. you. Mm. Yes. Well, I haven't heard most of this because I've been uh, watching a bit of TV, but um, plus I like to listen to the recorded episode in the week anyway. Um, uh, Hasn't everybody been giving this a positive review? I've been worried people are going to slag it off a bit. It's been mixed. I mean, there's been very positive and some. Um, I, I, no one's really trashed it, trashed it. Uh, I mean, I think the lowest has been so far three out of five, and uh, but there've been a lot of strong five out of five. So, um, yeah, I mean, no one's completely four, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, last week's I absolutely loved, and I, I, I don't. I hate rating things, but last week's was a five out of five for me. This week. Was easily a four out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, although there, was so, there was so much happening in it that I missed stuff, and my my DVD recorder cut off right at the vital moment near the end. So someone oh, no. will have to tell me what happened next to the master's funeral pyre because I've not been able to rewatch that bit when I caught the commentary this afternoon. Well, did did, did you ever see Flash Gordon, the nineteen eighties version? It, it was a it was a moving hand or something, was it? The, um, the, you remember the masters wearing a ring throughout the, uh, the yeah, episodes. All I can the ring somehow falls. The ring is somehow falling off his hand, and um, and then there's this hand with red nail polish picks it up, and I think there's some sort of mechanical not mechanical mechanical laughter or something like that in the. <laughs> it, was, it was it was it was interesting to hear Russell Russell T say on Confidential that. That's there for any future production teams. I thought, ah, so you've done the master now. Yeah. He's done an outfit. Mm. He's, he's dropping heavy hints that he's bringing something back next year, but he's not yeah. sure what it is. Another iconic well, villain. Maybe it's the Ice Warriors, maybe it's the Zygons. Um, Tyrants. Well, Axis, Sea Devil. I'm sure C-Devils, everybody on spotted the whole Jack face of bow reference, but last night I was really busy and I was trying to write my review of the episode during the episode and the whole face of Bo reference went straight past me and then I had MSN people last night and they said, oh Jack is the face of Bo, Jack was the face of Bo and I went, what's that in the episode? And I watched it back again when I caught the commentary and I purposely turned the volume up and listened to the episode as well as the commentary and yeah. <laughs> Having been to the Manchester exhibition, though, and seen the face of Bo up, up real close, mm-hmm. doesn't look like Jack. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like Jack. Having, having, having met the voice of the face of Bo as well, he doesn't sound remotely like him either. Yeah, aside <laughs> from obviously <laughs> the, the fact that it is a face and just a head rather than <laughs> what's happened to his body. It's like a head with technical, tentacles, though. Well, maybe this yeah. is what happens when you're a million years old. The rest of you guys, and all this left is a head, and some people say, let's keep the head alive. Maybe somebody tried to kill him by chopping his head off. <laughs> off with his head. Very hard. Let's not think about that right now. That's a bit <laughs> gross. <laughs> 
but um, now John, John's. I didn't know if I'd like John Soon as the master, but he has been brilliant. So I'm a big Life on Mars fan, and I bought the second season mm-hmm. of Life on Mars on DVD, and it's purposefully sat on my shelf unwatched until I'd seen him in Doctor Who. Because I don't want to think of him as Sam Tyler. Look, he's someone else in Doctor Who. And he's, yeah, he, he's so, he pulls off both characters he, very well, because I've, I've been watching so both nailed too. it, though, because he's just got this whole power-mad, off-his-headness of the master that, that is in most people's portrayal of him. Mm-hmm. And and uh, when he was jumping around to that song last night, I was like, I've got this song, I've got this song. And I grabbed my iPod, and, and ah, yes, yeah, soon as this is album, ta-da, it's track three. <laughs> it's a track three on the latest soon as this is album, it's called I Can't Decide. That's, it's, that's, that's the song. Yeah. All right, well, um, so you gave it... Um, did you give your Taurus Grunts rating? Uh, easily a four. Okay, yeah, that's right, I think you did. Um, looking forward to Christmas now. I've got a really patchy record with these Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. The um, first one, loved it first time I saw it, liked it less second time I saw it. Last year's was a bit of a mess, so it can only get better. Well, as long as um, we don't have the pilot fish Santas anymore, and <laughs> let's hope they're not on yeah, board the Titanic. Been done to death the thoughts and Christmas down our throats thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll leave you guys to it because I, I can see my Skype credits down to six pound sixty-one, and I see that I have some. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, if you get, if, in the future, nice you could use the Gizmo Project. Week for free if you want to use that to uh, you know use the gizmo project you can get on uh, without using your skype out minutes i don't, don't want to cluster up my laptop even more than it already is <laughs> okay just offering it as a um letting you know it's out there uh, I'll, I'll keep it in mind okay well thank you so much thanks, thanks. it's good to have you, um, you on the show live good luck with the rest of the show all right thanks yeah. cheers bye oops i'm sorry i cut him off there uh well uh I think that uh, wraps it up that for this week's show. That wraps everything up, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to go back and clarify. Uh, I had mentioned earlier in the, at the top of the show that I remembered somehow in the past uh, the doctor maybe um, passing aboard the Titanic, and uh, Mike, I think, corrected me. It was the chase, and it was that the Titanic was the Mary Celeste, I believe. Right, Mike? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I think that's what I was thinking of. And... Um, Another flashback to another thing. Since I had, when I started off the show, I had mentioned that I, I thought I was watching other things at different moments of, of this episode. Uh, when they did do the reset and were going back in time, I was looking at planet Earth to see if I could see Superman oh, flying yeah. around it, spinning the Earth backwards. <laughs> <he wasn't there. laughs> All right. Well, uh, this was a great podcast. A uh, lot of people on board. Uh, I think we lost Loads Ken people listening along the line. as well. What yeah, was that? We lost Ken. Mm-hmm. There were loads of people listening as well, which is yeah, pretty lots awesome of people listening. Ever seen. So hi guys, yeah, see. we appreciate it all, and everyone calling in and um, contributions. Um, to, you know, absolutely, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, like yeah. I said, we're going to continue doing the live shows. 
we're still going to do the studio shows as well. We're going to get, we have a backlog of stuff to get to. So lots of exciting stuff coming ahead with Doctor Who Podshock. We do have a a studio show, if you will, and in the um, in post production, which is uh, we have a special treat for everyone, and yeah, it will be coming gem. to you shortly. Yeah, look at, look out for that because uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. Okay, everyone. Um, I, thank you, everyone, and come back next week. We'll be back. More Podshock. Any other final words for anyone? Tara. <laughs> exhausted. All right. Take Thanks, care. Bye. Right. You've been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run GallifreyandEmbassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. internet talk show check it out at talkshoe.com